Hello Rebels, before we kick off today's episode, let me ask you a question. What if we could help you unlock your marketing superpower in one day or less? Actually, to be precise, I mean three hours. Yes, you heard it right. What I'm asking you is three hours of your time to join us for a brand new intensive experience on Marketing Deep Dive. One day masterclass that will help you create marketing strategies that capture hearts and mind. And every single masterclass is going to dive deep into one of our favorite topics of marketing. Maybe that email marketing, hiring, or even automations and beyond. If you want to get the fast track ticket to become irresistible, then I suggest you check out our upcoming marketing deep dive, where you're going to get two hours of hands-on training with lots of exercises and practical group work as well. Plus one hour bonus office hours and Q&A. Oh, and we also have a personalized dashboard and bonus templates to help you apply what you learn in our three hours. And just to put a little bow on it, you also get a certificate of completion to show up wherever you can see. If you'd like to find out what is coming up next and which one is our next marketing deep dive, all you have to do is go to amschool.click slash masterclass. There you'll be able to find our schedule with our upcoming masterclass for you to join. On with today's show. Hello team and welcome back to All Marketing School. It's Fab here and I'm very excited to be back today with a super fun interview. There's going to be a lot of dancing. So if you are watching the YouTube version, you are welcome. If you are not, just imagine whichever perfectly choreographed dancing you can imagine me doing. I'm very excited because I'm not going to be dancing on my own. Indeed, I'm going to be joined by Instagram sensation Monty Lance. If you don't know Monty, Monty is a social media strategy and an agency owner. He uses his dynamic personality and coaching style to teach business owners and content creators how to stand out and grow on Instagram and social media as a whole. Together, we're going to be talking about authenticity, understanding how to evolve your content, a couple of handy tools for your content creation, and also metrics to look out for when we want to understand how our content is performing. But it's not just about that. It's also about really showing up as our whole selves online. And this is really what we want to explore together. As of recently, he has emphasized really utilizing short form video and reels as a means to amplify marketing power and accelerating growth. So you can expect us talking a lot about that. Monthly has helped hundreds of individuals and brands achieve notable levels of growth and success with his coaching, workshop, webinars, and courses. He's also been featured on Fox Network and as a social media expert. So let me just say, as a marketer, definitely Monthly knows what he's talking about. But it's not just about that. Hopefully together we will inspire you also to unlearn a couple of little pesky habits that we have as entrepreneurs. Without further ado, I cannot wait for you to meet Monty. It's such a great energy and great fun. So really hope you're going to love this episode as much as I love recording, as I always do anyway. Anyways, let's start today's class and hear out from Monty. This is the vibe we're bringing today, everybody. So welcome. Uh, we're bringing a judgment-free, chilled, relaxed, palm, palm trees zone. That's what I'm going to call it. Like, you know, kind of can you see palms from from where you're at right now probably not in this second no. but have you got that kind of nice vibe 
but I know they're out there. <laughs> <laughs> that is what matters. Monty, thank you so much for being here with us today. I am really, really excited. I have a question to break the ice, so to speak, which again sounds appropriate, being nice and nice and sunny where you are. Monty, I want to know from you. I know what you do now, and probably a lot of listeners, they might be like, oh yeah, I know Monty. But we don't know what Monty used to do. Way back when, a long, long time ago, can you remember... Monty, what is the first job you ever had and what did you learn from it? Oh my memory lane time. Um well thanks for having me on here. And uh <laughs> thanks for that that uh question that's like jogging my memory. But I actually remember it very fondly. My first job ever, like where I'm like legit on payroll, at least I think, is uh <laughs> a supermarket. Uh, named Pathmark. There's a supermarket named Pathmark. I believe I was about 15 years old. I just got my workers permit, and um, you know, I, Pathmark was the only place that was hiring 15 year olds. So I uh, I was a cashier, and it was it was a terrible experience for me. I was <laughs> miserable. I didn't realize how no, no. disrespectful people could be. When checking out their products at a supermarket, I mean, just no, <laughs> no enthusiasm for life. And I was 15, you know, there was a lot of pressure to memorize the codes of produce and vegetable, you know, vegetables, fruits and stuff. And it took me a while to get it. And, you know, management was down my throat, but I, I, I didn't have the great, greatest experience. That's when I realized that working a job probably isn't going to be a thing for me for a long time. <laughs> I realized that at an early age. And uh, I think it lasted, I want to say it lasted about three weeks. That, that it lasted three weeks and I was getting paid about like $4 an hour once I did the calculation. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. So I don't know about child labor laws. I don't know if they were following them. <laughs> I don't know what the deal. I, I guess as a 15 year old, my minimum wage was different from everybody else's. But the, the math was not mathing, if I can say it like that. <laughs> Okay, I love that. And you know what? I think the experiences that we really dread sometimes can teach us so much. And it's one of those things, if anything, I think it, it really teaches you also to understand kind of customer service and what it looks like. And the fact that sometimes you cannot control how people feel and you kind of have to decide how you're going to react to that. You know, are you going to throw the tomato in front of the lady because the lady was rude at you or you're just going to keep on smiling and be like, be on your merry way, have a nice day. You know, I think having that experience on people and realizing that you will have to deal with people sometimes that you don't want to deal with or don't know how to deal right. with. I can see a bit of um, a parallel, you know, with being so much online and having such a big audience and talking to people all the time, like kind of protecting your energy a bit. Does it make Absolutely. sense? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the good thing is, the space that I'm in now, you know, I'm in a space where I can protect my energy unapologetically, you know, um, in a in a work environment, like a nine to five environment. There's own there's only so much boundaries that you can set for yourself. And that's not to throw shame on working a nine to five or anybody who works a nine to five. It's just a reality that, you know, when you're working in a, a, a typical workspace, you know, a regular job, you don't, there's only so many boundaries that you can set. Right. And especially when you're in a space of customer service, you are you have to yield to the customer. Right. The customer is, quote unquote, always right, even though they're not. Right. And it's the company's image that 
rides on your shoulders, you are a reflection of the company. So you have to condone things that you probably wouldn't normally condone if you were in your own work environment, like, you know, as an entrepreneur, you know, owning your own business, whatever the case may be. But yeah, it's, it's a completely different energy. And I, I, that experience that I had working at a supermarket was like my first sign that I'm probably not going to be a regular employee for a long time. Like I, I want to be an entrepreneur. And this is before I knew what entrepreneurship was, but that was my first inclination that entrepreneurship was probably going to be something that was a better fit for me. <laughs> I like the momentous experience as well. You know, sometimes you kind of feel like that first moment has to be big, but again, it, it was at checkout, which I think reminds us that like the little seeds that we plant, can you think then about the one of the big moments, you know, one of the big moments where you realized this is what you wanted to do? So we started with some of the seeds, yeah. you know, going with the tree analogy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that many of the things that I did in my life leading up to now, you know, contributed to me realizing what I want to do. I, I think, you know, there's everything, there's seasons, there's reasons, right? I've learned that where we are right now in our lives may not necessarily be where we're going to be forever, right? There was a time where I thought, okay, I'm going to be a star professional athlete. And I felt genuinely in my heart and in my spirit, that's what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life. And then that changed. Then I thought, I'm going to be an A-list actor, comedian. You know, I'm going to be one of the best stand-up comedians in the world. I genuinely felt that at one point, but that wasn't it. <laughs> then I thought I was going to be this multi-millionaire uh, direct sales entrepreneur in network marketing, and I was going to reach the top rank in the company and you know be an international speaker. And that didn't happen, <laughs> right? However, the lessons I learned from each of those stages in my life have contribute, contributed to who I am now and what... I'm doing now, right? My sense of humor from stand-up comedy, it, it's I inject it into my personal brand now. The, you know, leadership skills and the ability to adjust under pressure and be a team player. I got that from basketball. I apply that to what I do now as a as a coach, you know, and and you know, when I'm collaborating with people and you know, when I'm taking chances on myself. Um, when I was in that direct sales company, I learned personal development. You know, I learned communication skills and I apply that every single day in what I do now. So, you know, there's, I, I've had many moments where I thought this is the thing, the aha moment, but none of those moments were the actual thing. They were contributing factors to where I'm at now. And where I'm at now is probably a contributing factor to where I'll be five to 10 years from now. I absolutely love that. Okay, if anybody's watching the video, I'm doing a dance. If anybody, if any listener is listening, you can imagine a fab dance because it's usually that. I just love that because see, it's a happy dance because every single time we talk about some of the journey and then we remind ourselves and you share so kindly with us as well that the journey is made of these steps that allow us then to evolve. I think it reminds us of um, the the lack of, you know, sometimes we don't see the whole different steps of the journey. We don't see what other people have gone through. And so we keep thinking that's what they were always meant to be. And it gives, I think, a lot, puts a lot of pressure on us, especially younger people that enter the space, whichever space that might be, whether it's creator, whether it's coach, 
whether it's marketer, business owner, an entrepreneur, if you may. So thank you so much for sharing that because I think it reminds us that, you know, these skills that we build in our toolkit that maybe don't seem as relevant right now actually can build the unique flair of us as well. And if anything, I can attest that you are really funny, Monty. So that one, I can definitely attest that you are a blast. So yay. Appreciate it. <laughs> How to make are your guests embarrassed one one <laughs> Always. Yeah, funny. But this is a nice segue into class and session because now I would like you to teach us something. Let's think about something that is relevant to how you show up right now. So definitely, I would love to see something around the video space, short from video, personal brand online on Instagram. You choose your pick, but I know that's probably where we're going to go. So my question is, <clears throat> it is timed. What could you teach Monty, our listeners and our students in one minute or less? If you chose one thing that you can teach them, what would that be? Yeah. I mean, I would teach everybody to get comfortable uh, showing up as their authentic self in the online space, the social media world. Obviously, social media is here for the long haul. Um, it's one of the most powerful ways to build a brand, to build a community, to market products and services. Um, people are doing most of their search on products and reviews on products by social media. So showing up as your authentic self is your superpower because that's what's going to distinguish you from other people that may be in the same space competing for the same market as you. On that note, follow-up question. Uh, follow-up, uh, sorry, follow-up. Showing up authentically. What if somebody, you know, we hear it a lot, which I love, by the way, it was all, what we're all about with the school, but we hear it a lot, but we're still trying to figure out what does that mean if I don't even know if I'm not showing up authentically. How can we catch ourselves to know if we're holding ourselves back when we're first kind of trying to be more present online? Yeah, absolutely. I think that, um, number one, you know when you're not being authentic, right? When I say authentic, I mean the real you, your voice, your cadence, um, your image, right? Who you truly are as a person and as a personality. Showing up as your authentic self uh, on camera, right? And, and being a part of the content that you share. You know, if you have a product, you know, show yourself using the product the way that you really use the product. If you are uh, in the service space, well, show yourself providing that service or preparing that service behind the scenes, um, raw footage of you in a meeting or doing a call, you know, just picking a specific segment that is meaningful that you can build a story on or, you know, share some type of value in regards to, you know, you know, when you're being authentic or when you're not, you know, when you're faking it and when you're not faking it. So the authenticity part is something that we are already naturally aware of, you know, and, and there's other ways of, you know, authenticity, right? Like, for example, showing behind the scenes, like showing your, your place of work, showing the process of you making something, doing something, building something, showing the way that you genuinely interact with other people within your workspace or within your niche. You know what I mean? All of that is a part of authenticity. Things that you're really doing, things that you're really saying, things that you're really creating, the real process behind what you do, that's all authenticity, right? So you don't have to fake anything that you are doing for the appeal of your community, right? And if you start your brand off not being authentic, it's going to take way more energy 
to sustain that image than it would if you were just being authentic and showing the authentic part of who you are and and what your brand is about. You know what? I really love what you mentioned about the whole B-roll as well. So if you've been online, you've seen a lot of people talking about B-roll and obviously it's behind the scenes. And that I love that practical element as well, because I, I genuinely believe that getting comfortable with your own voice comes from even the different iteration of ourselves that we are. We kind of get familiar with how we speak, how we want to speak, how we want to act, how we want to move. Again, the Italian in me always has our hands kind of flying somewhere and that's fine. That's who I am. And uh, I love the fact that then we also have that reminder that this is why a lot of people resonate with that behind the scenes content, where even things that you will be, it's very mundane, just kind of showing how you are preparing your content calendar for the week. But this is what you offer or this is what you do. It gives us an idea of how you operate. And I, as I love the idea of also how you interact with people, whether it's your clients or students or whatever. So thank you for that, because I think we've seen it a lot. And a lot of the time we look at these um, new trends or um, I can't, I'm going to call it trend. Let's go with that. And we think that they are, and they're just coming because they're kind of popping up. But I think there's a lot of psychology behind that. Like we connect with people because we can see who they are. Aside from those 30 seconds of their talking in front of the camera, we can see other aspects of them that otherwise we would right. be missing. So thank you for that. Because it's a great reminder for people maybe that are struggling yeah. to still find themselves within yeah, that, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Authenticity is major. Now I'm going to look at something that, you learn for somebody else. Is that like recently a tactic? It can be a framework. It can be a strategy that stood out to you that you learned somewhere else or from someone else. Is that one thing that really kind of stuck into your head? Are you like, I really like this. You tried it and it really worked. Yeah. I think, you know, now there's a lot of, and some people call it talking head videos. Uh, some people call it, you know, face to camera videos, but basically where you're just sitting in a still position and you're just talking directly to the camera, whether you're sharing value, telling a story, whatever it may be. And, you know, you have the uh, colorful captions popping up and you got the sound effects and all this jazz happening on screen. You know, it's, it's super engaging. I'm a big fan of authenticity. I'm a big fan of like raw videos, no edit, no crazy editing, a whole bunch of sound effects, special effects and all that stuff. But I do understand that you know, the, the, the world of content consumption, the content consumer behavior evolves. And as that evolves and attention span changes, uh, we as creators, if you are a creator, you have to uh, find new ways to grab and sustain attention, right? Attention is the number one commodity uh, in the space that I'm in of social media, you know, all these social media platforms are competing for it. You need attention before you can make money. So attention in the world of social media is the number one currency, right? And our attention span is evolving as people, as human beings, our attention span is less than that of a goldfish, uh, scientifically proven that, you know, our attention span is eight seconds and a goldfish's attention span is nine seconds. So what what is that? What does that tell you? You know, you have to get very crafty at grabbing people's attention. But at the same time, you have to make it as practical to what your ability is and what your resources are as possible. And the average person doesn't have an entire production studio with green screen and, you know, all kinds of expensive, fancy equipment. The average person, all they can really do is sit in one spot and talk directly to the camera. And that's what's practical for them. That's something that they can repeat. So 
but that's also not enough for the average content consumer to stay engaged from the beginning of the video to the end. So what do you have to do? You have to add these captions that, uh, you know, basically subtitle what's being said and add the colors to the text and then maybe add some sound effects like the whoosh and the bubbles popping, all that type of stuff to appeal to our senses in a much more heightened way. And, you know, I learned the, you know, scientifically, if you have something changing on screen or you have some type of sound effect every two to three seconds, it, it increases the, the potential of your listener, your viewer watching your video until the end. So I, and some people call it like Alex Harmozy. I guess he's the one that kind of coined this style of editing And um, I saw that I started noticing more people doing it. And I realized as a content consumer myself that this style of video actually keeps me engaged in the video. And I was like, well, this has to be something that works. So I started implementing that into some of my content. And um, I I feel that it's had a really good uh, impact. It's gotten good results, good response, and it's definitely been helping me keep my audience engaged uh, in a new way than what I'm used to. Listen up, all marketing school fam. I know you have so many ideas in the head of yours, yet struggling to find the time and accountability you need to make marketing work smarter for you. Which is why I want to remind you of our All Access Pass and All Marketing School course library. Think of it as your treasure trove with our self-paced masterclasses and workshops, tactics, and templates, specifically created for marketers like you, who aim to channel their superpowers for good. But hey, what's even more exciting is that you're not just getting courses, you're stepping into a whole new world. It's a place where you're surrounded by your passionate community of marketing rebels, which are kind of like your cheerleading squad. Let's be honest, marketing can be a complex puzzle, but we're here to eliminate the guesswork. We're offering you try and tested tactics to sharpen your strategy. Depending on the plan you choose, you can look forward to full access to our self-paced courses, project submission and feedback opportunities, our expert workshop library, as well as monthly upskilling series and weekly tactics that will really help you stay updated and get accountability when it comes to actually making some progress in your work. We also have monthly office hours, workshops, expert panels and sprints so you will be able to access our whole template vault with ready-to-use Notion, Canva, and Google templates, making your life easier. Oh, and did I mention our swipe files and the community matchups? Oh, and the quarterly live deep dives, which are actually valued at £247, but they're included for you and your membership. Well, all this knowledge, community, and more is just a click away. If you want to join us, simply head to amschool.click slash library. That's amschool.click slash library. On with our episode. Really like that. And I'm a big fan of the editing style and all you're talking about. Because again, for me, also fellow, fellow goldfish, or less than apparently, uh, I definitely can see how it kind of really, you know, attracts me too. And also love that you mentioned, you know, like that retention for, for the, especially video content at this point we're talking about and the importance of that. So I wanted to ask you for you, whether it's for you when you work with clients or just for you, for your own content, what would be the two to three metrics of engagement that at this point right now 
you really look at to know how your content is performing. If you were to pick like two or three that you kind of really like to get back to when you're looking at how your content has been doing, what would yeah, be? I I think overall there's a purpose for every individual metric and there's certain ways to design your content to foster more of one metric versus another. But if I were to pick a few that are, I would say are most important, I would say uh, shares, number one, saves, number two, and comments, number three, right? So shares lets me know that people not only found the value from my content helpful for them, but they also find it helpful for other people in their community. And by default, my impact and the awareness of my brand and myself is multiplied and amplified every time one person hits the share button. So, you know, for example, and I was talking to talk to a client about this just yesterday, you know, they had gotten, uh, they implemented one of the strategies I gave them and they got 78 people to share their content. And the most they've ever gotten before that was maybe like 20 shares. And, um, you know, I was helping him understand how big of a deal that was, because if the average person has a thousand followers and 78 people shared his, his, his video, that's potentially 78,000 more people that he is getting introduced to, right? So that's a big deal. So every time somebody shares my content, I look at it like, wow, I just got introduced to a thousand more people that probably weren't already in my community. So it's, a, it's an opportunity for me to make an impression on more new people, um, bring more people into my community and that's good for my business. You know what I mean? And that's good for my brand overall. So shares is probably the number one thing. Uh, saves is is important as well, because it just means that people are finding the information that I'm sharing valuable to them. Right. And and that as as a content creator and as somebody who's studying their strategy and, and evolving their strategy through content. Um, it's a great indication that that particular style of content is something that I might want to continue that I might want to replicate and expand on. And uh, comments is always great because, you know, we're, it's social media and we're in a world where people are so focused on the media part, the videos, what content do I create? What pictures do I post? What carousels do I make? That they end up forgetting the social part that drives the media performance, right? Engaging with other people, communicating with other people, building rapport with other people. So when I get comments on my posts, I see it as an opportunity to continue to nurture my audience, strengthen my relationship with my community, but also, you know, satisfy the algorithm and show the algorithm that I am being an active participant on the platform. And I'm, you know, doing my best to get in good graces so that the algorithm can push my content, my media out to more people for a better performance whenever I do post. So, you know, shares, uh, saves and comments are, you know, the, the biggest things for me. Another dance. Sorry, Monty, today's dance day. Social media should be more social. Monty said it. I didn't. I just repeated it. So <laughs> yay. Uh, love talking about relationship building. So again, the dear loyal listeners are going to be like, yeah, Fabi's going to go off one. But I generally believe that this is where we learn so much more. And you already give us an idea of what we can, can we learn from pass, more passive um, interactions, if you want to put it that way, less vocal, I guess. But when you actually get people to write and obviously write something meaningful and, and share their experience or their problems, we just learn so much more about the people that we want to support and the people that are our super fans, if you want to call them that way, the people that we really can, you know, 
listen to and curate more content for so that they see that we're listening. So thank you for sharing that because it's what we're all about. And it makes me dance, which is a delight for everybody. I love, so, I love it. If yeah. you're not dancing, you didn't do a good job, right? <laughs> thank you. Thank you. See, again, he said it, I did it. Um, now, actually, I want to go back to, we talked about some tools. You were talking about the fact that obviously not everybody has a production room or can justify having a production room. But I was wondering, is there one tool, maybe from your secret token, one tool that you swear by, whether it's the content creation piece, whether it's the analytics, it can even be about just running the day-to-day one content, one, sorry, one tool that you have in your secret toolkit that you really, really love. Yeah, I mean, I don't even think it's a secret because so many people know about it. But I mean, the my favorite video editing app, one of the one of the first video editing apps that was I discovered that was really robust and um, helped me really create some dynamic video content was InShot. And now I also use CapCut as well. So, you know, if you're looking for a user-friendly, robust mobile platform to edit your videos and add those special effects and cut it up and make it really uh, engaging, I would say, you know, you should go back and forth between InShot and CapCut. You know, whether you're a beginner or you're more advanced they are both great tools that have really helped me elevate my video content a lot. And they are my two go-to video editing apps all the time. I have a question now, a side question on that. Have you ever used iMovie back in the day? Oh, on the old days? iMovie. Have you ever used You it? are taking it back. Yeah. I mean, and I, people still use iMovie, but more so the desktop version of it. But yeah, I, I did use iMovie in the past before I started like coaching and really diving into everything I'm doing now. You know, I would travel and I would create my own little mini blo- mini vlogs. And iMovie was the go-to at the time, you know? <laughs> I just wanted to go down right memory lane because I was thinking about myself. I was thinking, obviously, kind of video production. And the fact that when you think about it, if you have CapCut, I have CapCut on desktop, which really helps because obviously I have both of them. So InShot is also great. But CapCut on desktop is really helpful if you're doing more like mass production or maybe something kind of a different format. And I was thinking about the difference between that and iMovie. And I think if you have been using some of the older tools before, you appreciate so much more the little things that now you can do at hyperspeed comparatively to the really shitty transition in iMovie. Bless, it was trying its best. And you were trying to get the, the text to sync and you would just be angry at it. And I was like, wow. So if we manage to do it that way, I love that you mentioned these tools because they simplify, they fasten up so much and i love CapCut's word filler mm-hmm. cutter as well it can kind of yep. cut poses um it's free on mobile i think still CapCut. Sure yeah i i really like that yeah there's i don't think i i bought CapCut yet but i plan to i don't know why i haven't but i need to do that so thanks for the reminder <laughs> you're welcome to be honest it's such a great tool also with all the free version if you're just starting now you want to play with that so they're both great to actually play with because they've got so much potential for anybody starting out so thank you for that I've got two more questions that are less about business potentially but they could be and um, this one is about we talked about learning a lot I want to know what you unlearned recently Monty is there anything that you unlearned recently that has improved either your life or your business yeah uh, that's a great question I unlearned and I think I'm still unlearning not giving myself grace right um, you know, I, as an entrepreneur, I'm, I'm always thinking about the next thing. I'm, you know, analyzing what other people in my space are doing. 
And I think a lot of times we misinterpret someone doing something different as someone being farther than where we are or being better than we are. And it causes us to not give ourselves grace because we internalize what we see on the outside world as we're not moving fast enough. We're not doing enough. We're not as good as we need to be. And they, that might be true in, in certain ways, but overall, you know, we all have to like really embrace our journey as our own and understand that at any, as long as we do our due diligence in honing our craft, um, improving our, ourselves, strengthening our mindset, at some point in time, you know, things can drastically change. You know what I mean? It's, it's once we become who we need to be to have what we want to have, that will start to unfold for us. And our path is not meant to be the exact same as anyone else's path. You know what I mean? Um, you know, and I look at it like, like hair. Like I like to, I like to teach in analogies, but like, let's, let's say hair, you see a hairstyle on somebody else. And you're like, Oh my God, that looks amazing. I want that hairstyle. And then you get that hairstyle that doesn't look good on you. And you start thinking, Oh my God, I'm, I'm not attractive. Oh, something's wrong with me. And it's like, no, it's just, you have a square head and they have a round head. So that particular hairstyle does not look good on you, but there are hairstyles that you can do that someone with a round head can't do. They can't pull it off because they have a round head and not a square head. So it's like, you know, give yourself grace for not being perfect. I put too much pressure on myself to be perfect. I put too much pressure on myself to be there for everyone in every moment, in every way that they want me to. And it's like, that's an insatiable quest, right? You're never going to be able to satisfy everyone all at the same time with everyone being different and having different needs, interests, and desires. So the best thing to do is just show up, make sure that I have a full cup before I start pressuring myself to pour into everybody else's cup. And in order to do that, you have to give yourself grace. I love that you kind of explored it in so many different ways. One that resonated with me at the very beginning was kind of looking what's next that like doesn't allow you to appreciate everything that you have achieved. And I think it, it kind of then spills over talking about cups. It spills over all the other things that you mentioned that can actually can prevent you from giving yourself that grace. Mm. And um, a lot of the time we can be our harshest critics. So I think it's very important to sadly constantly unlearn this. It's one of those things, some things I find we can unlearn and honestly, we can let go. I generally find that when you're very driven or ambitious, that's one of the hardest things to unlearn because you have to constantly realize it and re rechange yeah. that narrative. Woof, it's it is. <laughs> it is. Before I get you to a quick fire round, I have one more question on the learning theme, which is what is one thing that a mentor or a teacher has taught you that really stuck? It stuck, stuck with you. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think there's there's a number of things. Um, I think let me take time to think about this because I don't want to. There's a there's a lot. 
I would say one thing, the one thing that's standing out to me right now is um, you can't complain about results you didn't get for work that you didn't do, right? And that goes to everything, right? You know, your your finances, your relationships, your health, um, you know, your your spirituality. You know, we're we're in a world where we want things to happen fast. We completely underestimate, we we overestimate what we can do in one month and we underestimate what we can do in one year. And our expectations are off, you know, and I have to remind myself like, hey, all right, if I didn't reach this goal, what's the reason I didn't reach the goal? What's the work that I didn't do, right? If something is off with my relationship, you know, what is it that I didn't do to communicate? What is it that I didn't do uh, that would have put this relationship in a better position? You know, my health. Well, if I'm not feeling my best, if I feel sluggish and I feel tired all the time, if I feel like I'm, I've gained a little bit of weight, well, what, what didn't I do? <laughs> right. Th- that that got me here. What did I not say no to? <laughs> what did I overindulge with? Right. So that's probably one of that's one of the things that sticks out to me that I think will be with me until the day I die. Like you, you can't you can't get upset about results that you didn't get from work that you you didn't do. And in this microwave society that we live in. Right. And me as a coach, going back to like, you know, just coaching. You know, people want that viral video, right? Uh, my, uh, my, my video didn't reach a hundred thousand people, and it's like, one, the video probably wasn't that good, but, but two, you know, you haven't worked, you haven't created enough content to develop your craft enough to get to a point where you can create a video that performs really well. You know what I mean? You, you have to get your reps in. You have to hone your craft, whatever it is, business-wise, uh, relationship-wise, you have to hone whatever it is that you seek to master. If you want to get results of mastery, you have to do enough reps to reach a level of mastery in what you do. And, um, you know, I'd pass that on to anybody who's who's listening. You know, before you complain about a result that didn't go the way you wanted it to, ask yourself, did you do the work and enough of the work that could possibly yield that result? Hey, dear listener, it's Fab here. As you may know, here at Alt Marketing School, we're all about optimizing and being efficient. And one tool that's been an absolute game changer for us, Notion. Absolutely, we use Notion daily to streamline the business, from project management to content calendars, note-taking, and even podcast coordination. It's all housed under one beautiful roof. And for all our marketer friends out there, imagine the time you could save when all your information is in one place. Say goodbye to juggling multiple platforms and hello to unified productivity. But here's where it gets even better, with Notion AI. With the power of artificial intelligence, you can automate tasks, get insightful recommendations, and make your marketing projects run even smoother. Harness the future today and see how Notion can revolutionize the way you work. Trust us, once you dive into Notion, you'll wonder how you ever managed your life without it.
Want to give Notion a spin? Head over to amschool.click slash Notion to get started. That's amschool.click slash Notion. And now back to the show. I love that. And what also resonates is that if you do do the work, thinking about a fitness analogy, if you may, old old, old PT hat putting on again. But, you know, going back to doing the reps, is like some days will be good, some days will be bad, but because you show up enough, you get obviously those reps, you get that learning. If you look at content again, uh, if you create enough content, you might create more than you need, but you only keep what you think is really worth the while, what you really love. is that understanding and... <laughs> The microwave society really stuck with me as as, a, as an analogy again, because it is that, is that that slower and like that nurturing also of ourselves that we should do. If you apply it also to your work, you see that everything needs to be built up. And I genuinely believe that, again, that exercise movement, fitness milestones analogy really works because it's real. That's how our body works. And sadly, we expect that everything else around us has to work a lot faster and there has to be a lot less trial and error and mistakes to be made to get there. So love that. Anybody who needs to hear it today, I needed to hear it today. So thank you. Uh, and I'm sure everybody else would be like, yeah, I needed to hear it too. So thank you, Monty. Quick fire round now though. We've been going down memory lane. We've been looking at lessons. Okay. Now it's quick fire. Two options. Okay. Monty, you got to choose one. You can only keep one. Ready? Spotify playlist or podcast? Uh, let's go with podcast. Voice note or text? Ooh, voice note or text. I don't leave a lot of voice notes mm-hmm. or text. <laughs> that sometimes it tends to be very kind of like polarized the answer. So like this one was nice. It was like a never voice notes. I hate them. I have a lot of that too. <laughs> Carousels or reels? I mean, sorry, I had to ask. Oh my, reels, reels. Next question. <laughs> TikTok or YouTube? TikTok or YouTube? But for what? Entertainment. Yeah, let's go Value. with that. Entertainment, TikTok. Value. Value YouTube. Nice. See, love that. I I can see that. I love that. This might be an easy one. Newsletter or Twitter? Um, I'm not on Twitter like that, but I, I definitely don't. I'm not big on like newsletters, you know? <laughs> so I'll say Twitter. <laughs> Last but not least, no pressure. There's not a right or wrong answer, but there might be, but I'm not going to tell you. Memes or GIFs? Memes or GIFs? Well, they're kind of one in the same, aren't they? But I'm going to say memes. 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 Pop culture, People. baby. Memes. You use memes in your content, you're golden. GIFs are cool, but memes? Game changers. Game changers. Now, you get community on memes, not GIFs. Wow. Yeah. That's another quotable one. I like it. <laughs> now, I'm going to ask you something. You might need to get your phone out. You might need to refresh your memory. Do you remember Monty, the last picture you took on your phone? The last picture I took on my phone. No. <laughs> I don't the last picture I took on my phone. It was yesterday. It was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so later on, you can go and ask in Monty's comments. You can start commenting and just be like, tell us what the photo was. Tell, tell yeah, us what the photo uh, was. Yeah, shoot me a comment. Shoot me a DM and ask me what the last 
it was, and I'll, and I'll tell you. Hopefully, it's like you ask me today or tomorrow, because if you ask me like next month, then that photo's gonna change. <laughs> <laughs> then you're gonna get this for the next three months, which is gonna be right. delightful. You are welcome. Um, what about so we talked about a few platforms? I think I know the answers, but I wanted to check what is the social platform that you're currently loving at the moment? Well, Instagram is my go-to, right? That's where I do all my work. That's where I'm posting the majority of my content, if not all my content. But, you know, I am intrigued to really start exploring YouTube shorts a little bit more, especially because I have some new creative ideas that I want to, you know, I want to, I want to explore, you know, I want to venture into. So I think YouTube shorts would be a really cool uh, platform to, to dive into and, and learn more about. If you were to recommend, I'm going to do two people now, one person to follow on Instagram and one to subscribe to on YouTube, who mm. would these people be? Ooh, good question. For what purpose? I'm going to let you to choose whether you want to do entertainment and value. Choose one each. Mm. Okay. Well, follow me on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> Touche. YouTube, I would say if you want like a very well-rounded, slightly entertaining, but very value-driven media outlet, I would say Social Proof Podcast with David Shands. He interviews a lot of dynamic, uh, a variety of dynamic entrepreneurs who are just winning at a high level in in various industries. So if you're an aspiring entrepreneur and you just kind of want to tap into the mindset of an entrepreneur, get some, you know, steps on how you can build different types of businesses and and just discover new ways of making, you know, uh, a significant amount of money as an entrepreneur, Social Proof Podcast is good. If you just need some, this is going to throw people off, but if you need some like entertainment, like some entertainment, something that you can like play in the background while you're getting work done or something that you can just sit down and just watch while you're eating with friends or whatever. Go, go follow Mark Weens. I love that guy. He's, he's a Thailand food influencer. And this man goes everywhere and he takes you throughout an, like a full cultural experience centered around food and he makes you appreciate food. He makes you more open to trying food from different cultures. And he's just a character himself. So go go check out Mark Weens on YouTube. That's that's one of my go-tos when I just want to pass some time and get some enjoyment and, you know, just chill out. I, I go watch a little bit of Mark Weens. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I love all recommendations, especially the first one, but I love the other ones too. I think I know also Mark Quincy, so I'm going to check it out because I think a friend of mine recommended him before. So nice. rings a bell. Monty, before I let you go, I have one more question. You have the power to broadcast one message onto everybody's phone. That cannot be follow Monty on Instagram, though. So ah. what would it say? <laughs> I knew it. Gotcha. <laughs> Mm, damn, there's so many messages that are like flowing in my mind. Like, wow. I would say, according to your faith, it'll be done for you. It's passage from the Bible. Uh, I'm not here to like push my faith on anybody, but I'm a believer in Christ. I'm a believer in God. One of my favorite uh, passages from the Bible is, uh, I think it's Matthew chapter nine, verse, verse 29. But 
according to your faith, it'll be done for you. Right. So I truly believe that as human beings, we are not limited. We have the ability to do the most incredible things. And if you look around you, there's proof of that. And I believe that we are only limited to we're, we're only limited by the action we take in response to our faith. Right. Your faith will determine the action that you take. If you have faith, you're going to be a success, a good mother. If you have faith that you can become a great mother, you will take actions that support that faith. If you believe you will be one of the best athletes, your actions will be in alignment with that faith. If 